All right, we're back. Another week of the mush. Your favorite betting experts here at Rivals.com. Corey Gibson, Adam Gorney, and John Garcia Jr. We'll just jump right into it. Uh, we had a, we had another okay week, but uh, I think Adam, me and Adam are 12 and 17 on the, uh, the first couple weeks, and John is holding up the rear at 8 and 21. It's going to be a big week out of John, though. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Um, Law of averages. <laughs> the real mush show out of us. All right, yeah. we'll start, uh, let's go do Penn State at Illinois minus 14 and a half. Yeah, I'll start here. And, uh, you know, I, this Illinois team is not very good. They don't have a lot of explosive playmakers. They're sort of slow. They don't they haven't looked great this to start this season. But I'm going to take them here at home. Drew Allers on the road for the first time um, as the starter. It's supposed to be sort of a cloudy, dreary day in Champaign. I don't think Franklin is going to show everything he has with Iowa coming to town the next week. I'm just sort of expecting one of those kind of, you know, blah, blah, big 10 morning games, uh, 31, 17 kind of game. I'll take the hook. Plus the public is absolutely all over Penn state here, which means Illinois finds some sort of weird backdoor cover. Penn state doesn't play their best game. They stay conservative. So I'll take the Illini. I'm right there too. I think Illinois compared to last year, a little bit better on offense, a little bit worse on defense. Um, but the strength of their defense is up front. So I do think they can maybe slow down the Penn state running game, which we know is, is still the foundation of what James Franklin wants to do. So I do think they can keep it close and they have the home field uh, advantage there as well. The hook uh, sealed it for me. So Give me the Yeah, I was actually kind of the opposite, John. When I saw the games going to like the schedule, I thought it would be about 17. So I saw it was 14 and a half. I got excited. And I know Illinois is a pretty tough place to play at, Penn State on the road. But I'm actually going to go with Penn State here. Top 10 team coming in there. I think it'll at least be a 21-point game. Um, let's go number 14, LSU, going to Mississippi State, minus nine and a half. Yeah, another one where there's not like a lot of Vegas movement in this game. The public's on LSU a little bit. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry. The pub, yeah, the public's on LSU. The betting is right around it. 64% public, 67% money. There's a big sharp bet on Mississippi State. Um, you know, again, uh, Mississippi State is sort and I hate this word, but I'll say it, uh, finding an identity with Zach Arnett. I think last year I saw a stat that they ran the ball only 25% of the time, and now they're running it 64% of the time. Um, this isn't the same Mississippi State offense that you're used to. Um, I'm going to take LSU here. I'm not crazy about the bet. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how good LSU is this year. Um, they, they looked like they had sort of run out of gas in the second half against Florida State. I'm not crazy about it. I hate games in Starkville, especially early games. Those stupid cowbells will be going pretty strong. Um, but I'm going to take LSU here in probably like a 35-21 kind of game. Man, I, I'm following boss uh, like like clockwork here. Um, I agree. I think LSU's got to bounce back. I mean, that, that second half was – just a nasty taste that that everyone uh, had in their mouths. So I, I do think LSU is going to look a lot better. Mississippi State at home uh, 
last week, um, they got plus four in the turnover margin against Arizona and still had to go to overtime to, to beat those guys. So I, I do think that, like like AG said, this offense is not nearly as explosive uh, as it was under Mike Leach, uh, despite the, the unfortunate circumstances. So a uh, proven game for LSU. They need to get back on track. Their first spotlight game uh, since that, that Florida State debacle, and I think they'll handle it by double digits. Yeah, I had no faith in Brian Kelly, but I think you're right, John. I think this has to be a bounce-back game. I think you said it perfectly. I mean, nine and a half, like Gordy said, those cowbells were going off, and it might be a slow start, but I think uh, the Tigers will cover at nine and a half. So, Well, we move on. San Diego State uh, versus Oregon State, minus 24 and a half. This is a sign that this schedule this week is very bad. I mean, there uh, there are not <laughs> many great games. If, if the third game on the docket, uh, you know, and, and obviously we have to, like like any smart podcasting company, we have to save the big news for last. Um, but, man, San Diego State, Oregon State. All right. I'll take the, uh, you know, I'll take the Beavers at home. I never say no. And uh, DJ is playing great. Maybe he was right. Maybe he was <laughs> The right one, that Clemson's offense was stale and too predictable. Um, the money is following this. The, the public likes Oregon State here on the big number, um, but the money's following it, and there's a sharp bet on the Beavers. So San Diego State can't score. They don't have much offense. I could actually see this game being like 31-3. Um, I'm going to take the Beavers at home in Corvallis. Trap game. Trap game city. This this team hasn't had this type of expectation around it. Talking about the Beavers, uh, and this will be a bit of a slow start. You know, we see some of these G five teams um, make way early trick plays, whatever it has to to be to jumpstart the offense. Figure it out. San Diego State twenty four and a half is a big number. I do think OSU pulls away in the third quarter, and then they call the dogs off for a twenty one point victory. So. San Diego State gets too big of a number to ignore. Yeah, 24 and a half is not not an ideal number for this game, but I'm going to have to still take Oregon State. I don't know much about San Diego State. They're, I had friends that go to that used to go to that school and it was basketball only. No one even went to the football games. It was uh, they were begging people to go. So with uh, I'll just take the Beavers played safe. You know, one touchdown might ruin it for me and Adam, but we'll, we'll ride with the Beavers. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. South Carolina going to Georgia, minus 27 and a half. All right. Now, in my personal life, I made the terrible choice of taking Ball State last week. And Woody Womack and I talk about this a lot. Um, it's not like I bet actual money. I would never say I'd do something like that. Um, but I get the worst number with my guy because I get the closing number, which is just awful. I mean, it's just the worst thing that could possibly happen. And I got 41 and a half. And I think this game ended at 42 and it was very, very frustrating because ball state was the right side, but Georgia is the right side this week because those weakling cupcake loser teams are gone. South Carolina is actually a team with a pulse that could make it at least interesting and 27 and a half is begging you. Vegas is begging you to take the Gamecocks here. So I'm taking Georgia. Uh, they're going to win this game. It's going to be 42-10. 
it's an actual game. It's the big game, big SEC game of the afternoon before the big primetime thriller of Florida, Tennessee. Uh, and there, this is the perfect situation, a flip. Public likes South Carolina with all those points. The money loves Georgia. Big bets on Georgia. I'm not betting against Georgia for the rest of the season. Look, that Georgia defense is as serious as, as we all thought it was going to be. But talk about prove-it games. I mean, this has to be it for South Carolina. The North Carolina opener was a huge dud. Um, they, they were probably the better team and looked like it, like it for portions of that game. Uh, kind of like LSU just stumbled out of out of the blocks uh, in the second half. So I'm going with the, the revenge tour, the bounce backs this week. I think South Carolina, again, early on with Spencer Rattler, tries to get some things done. Shane Beamer is a good coach, a good game planner. So I think first half USC will come out and, and look more like the West Coast version. And then Georgia will adjust and crush them in the second half. So too big a number for me. Georgia wins this one by 21, not 28. In Georgia, we trust. I'm taking Georgia because I think South Carolina's offensive line is not very good from that time I watched them. Hopefully they got a little bit better to make it a better ball game. But I agree with Adam. I think this is a huge trap game. I do agree with all your points, though, John. I'm not trying to <laughs> go right quite against you, but um, I think they'll 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 win by 30, 32 plus um, in the end. So, all right, my lock of the week that failed me: Alabama going to South Carolina, uh, South Florida. Excuse me, minus thirty two and a half. My big lock. Yeah, this is a uh, – yeah, I mean, Texas just sort of embarrassed Alabama last week, if you ask me. I mean, they looked bigger on the defensive front. Um, they looked bigger on the offensive front. They looked like they had more playmakers. They absolutely have the better uh, quarterback. Uh, you know, Saban was talking about this is the midterm and not the final, but, man, he's got a lot, a lot of stuff to make up. This is not an elite Alabama team. But they're still, you know, 30, 32 and a half points better than South Florida. The reason I'm taking South Florida here, and this is probably my biggest mistake of the week, is that literally 93% of all bets and 98% of all money is on Alabama. Now, how can Vegas drop the number from 35 to 32 and a half unless they're trying to lure even more suckers to take the Crimson Tide here? Uh, I don't think South Florida is good yet. I saw them against Western Kentucky and they screwed me. Um, they will make many mistakes here. Um, but this game is in Tampa. It could get a little weird. And I actually, I, I'm not entirely sure this Alabama team comes out firing on all cylinders. They might be a little disappointed after that Texas loss um, and just cruise to a 35-7 win here. Well. Well, my theme's been bounced back the entire 11 minutes of this show, and, and Bama's got the biggest reason to bounce back, maybe in the country. Um, South Florida goes fast. You know, they got they got the Tennessee disciple uh, running the show there. They're going to go really fast, but when that doesn't work tempo-wise, typically it means turnovers, and it means the other team's going to possess the football. Bama's going to be able to figure out themselves a little bit in the first half. And I don't think Saban calls off the dogs here. I think this is a, we're going to run our offense for four quarters and maybe Tyler Buckner gets Bama over that 32 and a half in a dominant win in Tampa, where there will be 2000 fans 
there going for for USF. So I think I'll, I'll be a sucker for this one and take Bama. When I hear Tyler Buckner, I'm doubling down on South Florida. So give it, give me the bull, or give me the, whatever they are, the Bulls. Yeah, I'm. The uh, they do I, have the I'm, same sign though as Texas, the little the hook'em. So, oh, okay, man, my little PTSD or something. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to trust my eyes yeah. here. I almost cried last week. I was watching. I told all my friends to go Bama, and we watched that game. And I just, I've never seen a Bama team like that. The, like the secondary, especially for Saban, who's always been kind of known for that, was just so soft last week. I don't know what they were playing. I don't know what was going on. Milro, who Gordy and I have met multiple times at Clarkson, great kid, could run incredible, cannot throw, though. Like every throw, I'm just like holding on just to see where it goes. But I'm going to have to take South Florida here. Uh, I, I, I think Alabama will win easy, but – South Florida or Alabama, just that soft defense right now. Until they figure it out, they'll put up some nothing points at the end to help cover it. So I'll, I'll be with the 2,000 fans at that South Florida game, rooting them on. So. All right. An interesting game next. We got uh, Washington going to Michigan State, minus 16 and a half. I don't, I don't know what's going on here, but we'll, <sighs> what do you want to talk about, Adam? Man, uh, I'm on principle alone. I'm going with Washington here. Too much is going on around the Michigan State program to to even get involved. And I'm not even going to make jokes. And, and the jokes are plentiful, probably, but I'm not even going to make them. Uh, but I mean, how how focused could this team possibly be? Um, so I'm going to take Washington. They're probably 17 points better than Michigan State anyway. And now in a week where their coach is involved in one of the most ridiculous and crazy stories maybe I've ever heard, um, if it is even to be true, no one even knows, um, I'm just going to take Washington here and think that if Washington hits Michigan State early, Michigan State gives up. The preparation is probably nil, and who knows what the players even want to do right now. So just on that alone, I'm taking Washington big. I'm right with you here today, AG. Um, too much smoke uh, in East Lansing. Uh, and Washington is is a juggernaut offensively. And defensively, actually a little bit better maybe than we anticipated coming into 2023. But Michael Penix and company are, are going to push that thing down the field with ease in this game. Um, and, again, their defense is, is nothing to sneeze at. So we don't know what Michigan State will be. I do think Harlan Bennett is a great coach. We know he's a good recruiter. Um, but, yeah, just too much and, and too little time with a very good team coming to town. And I think this will be one of those uh, pilot on Heisman type games for, for Michael Penix. So 16 and a half, that doesn't scare me. You almost took the words out of my mouth, John. I told you guys week one against Boise State that Penix is going for it and they're going to score a lot of points. And I don't care what's happened in Michigan State. I was going to take Washington. This I, I might have to say this might be my lock of the week. I'll, I'll just I'll take advantage of what's going on in Michigan State, but now that with all that going on, I'll, this has to be the lock. I mean, they're going to have they're going to score a ton. I mean, it sucks that it's at Miss, Michigan State, but um, Penix is just going to like they're going to keep going and going and going and scoring and scoring and trying to keep proving people wrong. So, give me the Huskies. All right, number eleven, Tennessee going to Florida, six and a half. All right, so this is definitely an interesting game because 
uh, on paper, you know, on on what you're seeing on Saturday, Tennessee's offense is explosive. They can score at will. Florida went to Utah and laid a big fat egg, and they have no offense, and they they're terrible. But again, the public loves them, and the and there's a big bet on Florida somewhere. Someone thinks Florida can make this interesting, and the reason that they probably do is because hold on let me pull up the stat before i say it and and this is the part of that's that's dramatic about this show because we dig deep for the numbers um hold on <laughs> let me get to it here we go I, hold on i'm getting it uh from odds shark okay florida 5 and 0 straight up in its last 5 games when playing at home against tennessee florida 16 and two straight up in its last 18 games when playing Tennessee. So in the last 18 years, when the freshman on that field played in this game, uh, only twice has Tennessee won this game. Florida's getting points at home night game. Something weird is happening here. I'm taking the Gators. I respect the numbers and respect the research, um, but my eyes are are just telling me six and a half is is nothing. This is a lock for me. This is my lock of the week. I think Florida defensively will do some things to slow down that tempo. Tennessee's the fastest team in college football, and, and Joe Milton still has something to prove. So I will say I could see Florida hanging around for a little bit, similar to the Utah game. But that Tennessee offense will get things figured out. And I just don't see Florida being able to counter with a passing attack. This is a, an easy double-digit win in the swamp. It will be rowdy. Uh, again, the beginning will be a little bit murky. But as the four quarters play out, I think Josh Heupel starts to let us know, hey, I'm, I'm one of the better coaches in the country. And that tempo is too much for a Florida defense that is very veteran-laden on the first layer. That rotation comes in, and I think some of those young guys get torched. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, this is my big Joe take of the week. I don't know what I'm missing here. I mean, did no one else watch that Florida-Utah game with the backup quarterback? I mean, Florida looked terrible. And Tennessee's ready to go, and we're only going to give them six and a half. So, like Johnson, if this isn't another lock of the week, I don't know what's going on. I mean, Florida's strong. a tough place to play. But did, strong did no one Joe take. Utah strong game? Joe take. <laughs> what's that? That's a strong Joe take. It's a, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, my <laughs> – I'm I'm the most I'm the Joe like I but it's like I I watched that game I was like I don't know what I'm yeah, missing here. I know I know but uh, I'll just take Tennessee someone knows someone a lot smarter than me obviously picks the line and I'll respect it but it, it's got to be Tennessee it's got to be <laughs> <laughs> um, Georgia Tech going to Ole Miss minus eighteen and a half yeah my lock of the week is this game. Um, and the reason is, is for every other reason, uh, the public is all over Georgia tech for some weird reason in this game. They probably think it's too many points. Um, you know, they beat South Carolina state 48, 13 last week, not South Carolina. Uh, I think Ole Miss runs over them. I don't think Georgia tech has the dogs <laughs> to stay with it. They can run the ball. Lane is passing the ball more. Now he was really run happy last year. Now he's throwing it a little bit more. I think, this just is a sort of game. Um, and also this week it came out that Lane Kiffin tried to hire Brent Key once as an assistant and didn't get him. So 
Something tells me he wants to run it up a little bit here. So I'm going to be uh, all over Ole Miss in this game. I think uh, it makes a whole lot of sense. And uh, the only thing that I worry about here is that Ole Miss goes to Alabama next week, so they might call the dogs off early. Um, but actually, Ole Miss looked pretty good against Tulane last week. Once they settled in down there in New Orleans in a weird place to play, um, they beat them by 17. I think Tulane is a better team than Georgia Tech. I will take Ole Miss, but I'm scared about a backdoor cover because he pulls his guys for Alabama. Yeah, look, Georgia Tech is is getting better slowly. I don't know if that's good enough for Brent Key, but Haynes King is over there trying to trying to right the ship for the Yellow Jackets. And I think more balanced than we've seen over the last couple of years. And Georgia Tech's got some dogs on defense. They they've got a couple guys who or maybe Sunday guys. So I do think that that helps them hang around a little bit. And this number. Seems like it's too big. That hook is a funky one. Special team. Something's going to happen in this game late that helps the Yellow Jackets out. Uh, Brent Key can coach, and I don't think he gets blown out uh, in Oxford. So give me Georgia Tech plus 18 and a half. Yeah, I didn't know too, too much about this game, really. Because I mean, I watched the old Miss game when they played Tulane last week. That was actually a really fun game, really back and forth, especially at Tulane. But I'll just take old Miss here. Um, 18 and a half is a, is a ton of points. I'll probably regret it next week. But like uh, like I've said, I think they're going to try to keep proving. And, um, but Georgia Tech isn't one to sleep on, though. I'll have to say that. So, All right. Uh, we'll go to Wyoming going to Texas minus 29 and a half. Okay. So the, so the big question here is this. Is this the letdown spot? Is this where Texas – feels great about themselves and take, brings in a team that uh, has no business even staying in the game? Or is this where Texas continues to ramp up after that win? And I'm going to bet that Wyoming covers this game. And I don't think it's close. I, I don't think uh, Wyoming has a chance to win or wins like they beat Texas Tech in the opener. Again, Texas Tech do not schedule games in very tough environments in week one. It does absolutely no benefit to you you're not going to wyoming to recruit so there's no reason to schedule that game okay that being said uh i think texas is in a little bit of a letdown spot here they've been partying all week like animals down there um i think that uh, wyoming is a tough team that can kind of keep it keep it around there have been games like this at texas in years past where you know lesser teams have come in and uh sort of texas has played down to the competition this could be 56-10 and Texas just rolls them. I think it's more like 42-17 and Wyoming gets in under the number. I'm right with you, AG. Wyoming is good. Wyoming is not uh, a typical G5. We need to beef up the resume kind of team. They've shown that already this year. Um, so, yeah, I think they hang around in this game. This will be their marquee game, you know, in, in, in this era. So, yeah, I think they go have a good showing at Texas. Texas hosted Rice a couple weeks back, and we all said, well, Bama's going to kill Texas, right? So I think this is a similar approach uh, for UT, riding way too high after that upset, and Wyoming humbles them a little bit before they correct and adjust uh, and, and win this into the 20s but not into the 30s. So give me the Cowboys. 
you know, going into this one, I thought I was going to be the real smart guy and pick Wyoming while you guys sit around and pick Texas. And I had to sit through two of you now stealing it. You know, after that impressive win against Portland State last week, I was going to be like, it's going to be Wyoming. But y'all stole all my thunder. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Wyoming with the points. Um, it's just going to be too much. They score a lot. They prove they can score against a decent team. So, give me Wyoming. All right, last one. We made it. Colorado State. Going to Colorado. Prime time, baby. 23 and a half. All right. So I was going to pick Colorado State in this game just because at some point they have to come back down to earth. Game day is going to be there. A little bit of a curse there. A lot of interviews and preparation and guys going out of team meetings to talk to ESPN and they're feeling good about themselves and they're they're looking ahead to Oregon next week and, and all those kinds of things. Then Jay Norvell came out and said that he's tired of prime and hearing about prime and prime this and prime that. And his team <laughs> stinks. So what is Dion going to do? He's going to run it up on him. He's not backing down. I'm taking Colorado. Uh, and then this is the perfect situation because if Colorado blows out Colorado state, let's say it's 49, 10 and he doesn't, and he lays the hammer down. Then the line next week is going to be like Oregon minus one and a half, minus three. And that's when you take the mortgage bill and you bet it all on the ducks because it's going to happen. So I'll take Colorado now. Have your fun uh, because Oregon and USC are coming up in the next two weeks. You know, preseason, looking at that Colorado schedule, it was kind of like, ooh, we don't know what they'll look like when they open Pac-12 play. But we know they're going to get at least one game before that. And it was this one. It was the Colorado State game. But now with the context of who Colorado actually is, offensively in particular, yeah, this number doesn't seem so scary. Uh, Shout out to Jay Norvell. Puff your chest out. I get it. You got to draw the headlines. You got to get your guys motivated. I understand why he did it. But the consequences, like AG said, will be shown on Saturday afternoon um game day look the spotlight i don't think is, is going to matter anymore to colorado i think they are quite used to it already at this point prime shoots a documentary all year his son's doing youtube content every day they're used to cameras and that spotlight so i don't think this is uh, going to throw them off too much especially against for the first time maybe an inferior opponent hammer is going to be laid down this is this is a blowout for the buffs yeah i agree I told you guys last week I ain't touching Colorado till home game, and they proved me right, blowing them out, and I'll just keep I'll keep riding with it till they prove me wrong, at least at home. So, uh, yeah, give me Colorado, um, and also I think Travis Hunter does the Twitch streams too, John. So everyone's a little bit on camera, everyone's doing their thing. So it's just part of it, man. I guess so. <laughs> All right, another week at the Mush. Just to recap, I took Washington. Uh, Gorney took Ole Miss and John took Tennessee of our locks of the week, right? Yep, that's it. And the other lock of the week is UNLV. Vanderbilt's coming into the bright lights of Vegas and the flip is on. UNLV, baby, they covered against Michigan last week. They could upset Vanderbilt and Vegas on Saturday. I'll say, are you running with the Rebels again? Because last I, I'm last running with the Rebels. Yeah. Barry Odom's my guy. Love him. Uh, you know, and uh, they they hung on there because Michigan could have scored late twice, I think, last week. And UNLV got the ball back and scored a touchdown late, which really 
made made my I think that was my lock of the week uh, last week, or it was definitely one of my plays. It was. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I'm going to have two locks of the week this week, Ole Miss and UNLV. So probably take Georgia Tech and uh, Vandy. (laughs) I remember I was watching that game, Gorney, and I was like, there ain't no way. Like, poor Gorney. And all of a sudden, they just came running back. And I was like, oh, man. And that's why I'm the Joe. (laughs) 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 I was about ready to text you and everything. I was like, I'm with the Rebels. And then they got me. They don't give up. The Rebels play hard for Barry. (laughs) Right. I like it. All right. Well, that's another week here at the Mush. I'm Corey Gibson. That's Adam Gorney. That's John Garcia Jr. Please like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Please follow us on all the platforms. Our handles below. See you guys next week.